Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Has God called you to lead? Whether you've been a leader for years and are looking for new strategies, tools, and encouragement, or you want to explore your call to leadership, Lifeway Women offers training events that equip you to carry out your mission. We offer one-day and three-day leadership training in a variety of cities throughout the U.S. and online. We'd love to have you join us this year. Learn more at lifeway.com forward slash women's events. Hi, welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host Kelly King at the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. Yay! <laughs> yes, we are super, super excited to be doing a live recording of the Marked Podcast, so the audio may sound just a little different than it normally does. But we are here with our good friend Lauren Green McAfee, and I do want to just make, um, just mention something before we start, because those of our listeners who are listening later, especially too, uh, tonight's subject is a little bit difficult, and we are going to be talking about abortion. So for those of you that this might bring up some difficult memories or things like that, we want you to know that we want this to be filled with grace and hope, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. Yes, and like Kelly said, this is definitely going to be a discussion with hope in the midst of the subject. And so we have Lauren Green McAfee here with us to do that. Welcome, Lauren. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, yes. So you've been on the podcast before. Yes. It's been a little bit. So a little give bit. us a life yeah. update. What's going on? What is your ministry like, your family? And then we're going to do this at the beginning this time. What is something that has marked you recently yeah, in your yeah. walk with Christ? Okay, great. Um, yeah, so I'm Lauren Green McAfee, and I live in Oklahoma City where uh, me and my husband, we were both raised there. Uh, we've been married for 12 years, over 12 years now, and we have one daughter through adoption, and her name is Zion. She is four, and she would want me to specify and a half, four and a half. Um, and she is counting down the months literally every day until she's five. So she, she's growing up too fast. But we, uh, my husband and I both do ministry. He's a, one of the pastors at our church as well as leads a nonprofit. And I also lead a nonprofit as well. So I founded an organization called Stand for Life. And the mission of Stand for Life really is to just give the church a vision for being engaged on the pro-life issue 
and being in the hands and feet of Christ and figuring out how can we in our churches across the country be reaching out to women in our community, families in our community who are facing unplanned pregnancies and need hope and help and support. And how can we authentically live that out in our communities? And so, um, yeah, so Stand for Life is the work that I do. And I certainly, there are many things that I feel like right. have marked. Always hard to yeah, choose. Yeah, so... In thinking, though, just about the past year, I would say something that has marked my life significantly, especially in my work, is that my husband and I have personally been in the adoption process, the domestic adoption process, for um, over a year now. And in in the process, we've had two placements of, of moms who chose us to parent, and the adoption ended up falling through um, because of various reasons. And so baby went back to the, either birth mom or family. And... In the process, though, we were pursuing open adoptions. And so we had an open relationship with the birth mom, um, either during her pregnancy or just after birth. And so we were getting to step into their lives and build relationships with those women and seeing the circumstances that they in. They were in some really challenging circumstances. You can kind of imagine worst case scenarios for women that are facing unplanned pregnancies. And those were the women that God happened to bring into our lives and just getting to see the courage that they had to choose life, even amidst really difficult circumstances, and then figure out how to make it work was changed my life in the way that I, I didn't expect that aspect of it, of knowing these women, seeing their strength. And yes, their circumstances were so hard, but they, they had such grace and strength in it. And we, we were blessed to get to walk alongside them and just cheer them on and tell them we were going to be there to support them, whatever that looked like, whether that meant that we were going to be parenting their child or we were just going to be a part of their lives for a season. And that certainly changed my life, really just getting to walk alongside women in, a, in that unique way. And um, I'm grateful for that experience and, and changed for the better. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And as you're talking about that, we do want to talk a little bit about just this past year has been kind of an upheaval. And even just in the past week of the elections, I mean, it's come up again and again, but we know the Supreme Court overturned what we know as Roe versus Wade, went kind of to the states. And so churches are wrestling with how we minister in the process of this. And your family has been really close to this issue. Um, So let's talk a little bit about just what has happened and how we're impacted by that today. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's a very unique uh, time uh, on this issue, and especially this year with the Dobbs decision, we saw the overturn of Roe versus Wade. So we know Roe versus Wade was the Supreme Court decision in 1973 that basically codified abortion as a constitutional right in our country. So that was a decision made by a, a judges at the Supreme Court. And there, the Supreme Court case would have had its 50-year anniversary this coming January 2023 if it had made it there, but it hasn't. And so we're very grateful that the Dobbs decision this summer overturned Roe versus Wade. And so now that doesn't mean that abortion is gone, gone in our country. It just means that the, all of the states are now to determine their own laws. And so now the people of our states and our country are determining what we think the laws should be around abortion. That has certainly this year brought up a lot of um, people very passionate on both sides, uh, wanting to voice their convictions in this space and what we think about it. And 
for believers, we care about life. So that, that means life in the womb. And so we celebrate the celebration of life being protected in some states and hope that life continues to be protected in other states and should pray towards that end. Um, but we also know that that means for the church, we, there are two lives that are uh, at play whenever you have an unplanned pregnancy. You have the life of the woman and the child. So we want to protect that child. We also want to consider what is the circumstances that that woman is facing and how can the church step in and care for her well and see the image of God, the human dignity, that image bearerness that we all have, we see in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. How do we see that in all women that are facing an unplanned pregnancy and care well for her as she is walking through that? So this is an, a beautiful opportunity for the church to really step in and, and be um, caring well for women and showing women that we love them and that they were made in God's image and that God has a plan for them and their child and that both of them are seen as valuable with inherent dignity and worth. And, and we also have to consider the life of the dad too and that there's another person that's involved as that's well. That's right, absolutely. I mean, really, it's a family situation. There were there was a couple that, uh, you know, made a pregnancy happen. And so if the dad is in the picture, which sometimes they're not, but yeah, absolutely, thinking about them and how can they also be seeing um, the love of Christ in the process. So you kind of started touching on this a little bit, but women who find themselves in this, in a pregnancy, crisis pregnancy situation are very vulnerable. It's scary. It's confusing. They probably have many people speaking into what they should do. So how can we practically, like what are some practical things that we can do to love those women in Christ? Yeah, great question. So I, I, I am going to share a few statistics at some of these other questions that we have today. Um, I am a PhD student, so I'm like a research junkie and I love it. So um, in terms of thinking about women who find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy, uh, 74% of women say that they choose abortion because they couldn't afford a baby. The other most cited concerns that women had when facing an unplanned pregnancy were uh, finishing their education, figuring out childcare options, figuring out housing, and as I already mentioned, the financial component. So these are very real circumstances that are in their lives that are, that are putting pressure now on them as they're facing this pregnancy. Um, in a survey of 1,000 post-abortive women, it showed that 76% said they would have preferred to parent had their circumstances been different. So there was a large preference for parenting, but because of circumstances, they just didn't see how that was a possibility. And so oftentimes women, if they're facing an unplanned pregnancy or trying to figure out in their head, okay, how is this going to work out? I don't see how this is going to work out. Um, because, you know, whatever the circumstances are that they're outlining, if they just have one person come alongside them and say, hey, I'm going to be there for you in this. I'm going to love you. I'm going to help you and support you in this and have in the pregnancy and after birth. That is all they need to be able to make that brave decision to give life to that child. And so knowing that, the church has, again, just a beautiful opportunity to come alongside women and say, hey, we care about you. Jesus cares about you. How can we walk alongside you? And yeah, some of these circumstance uh, drivers that are pushing them towards abortion are significant and are going to take some effort to figure out solutions to, but 
together we can do that. We can work together. We can, as a church, come around women and help them see the pathway forward for having their pregnancy. And a friend of mine always says, you know, we want them to see they can have their baby and their dreams too. And, and I think the church is a beautiful place to be able to walk in that community towards that end of protecting life and helping love on the woman. Yeah, and you're talking about statistics and things that we, we know. And in a room this size, and what we have researched and the statistics would probably show that there are women sitting in this room that maybe have made that choice um, to end a pregnancy. And there can be a lot of shame in that and maybe even regret. So I want us to talk a little bit about how we as the church come along some someone who maybe is on that side of it and we show grace and forgiveness. And how do we what are some practical ways that we can do that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, some more statistics for you here. One in four women has in America will have had an abortion. And in a survey of post-abortive women, 70% of those women claimed to be of the Christian religion. And 43% of post-abortive women were attending church at least monthly at the time of their first abortion. So like you said, with those statistics that we know, that means there certainly are women in our pews, women in this room who are post-abortive. And the best place to be is in church and hearing the gospel because that is the hope for all of us. Because all of us have made mistakes. All of us have sinned. There is not a single one of us on earth today that has not sinned. And, and be, that's good news for us, that we have all sinned because we also have the answer because we have sinned, we were, are separated from God and we deserve, all of us, the wrath of God because of that sin. We are not perfect. But because God's great love, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross that we might have life. So Jesus left heaven and came down into this messy world, took on flesh, was fully man, fully God, lived the perfect life. We are image bearers, but we're fallen image bearers. Jesus was the perfect image of God, the perfect image bearer of God. And he, because of his perfect life and then going to the cross and raising again, has offered all of us forgiveness that we all need. And praise God for that, because without God's forgiveness, we would be hopeless in our shame and in our guilt. But because of what Christ has done, for those of us that are in him, we have Christ's righteousness in us, not because of anything that we did to deserve it, but because of what Christ has done for us. And so that is freely offered to anyone who wants to receive it. And so we praise God for that. So for, for women that are um, ex, you know, experiencing the processing of an abortion in your past, know that God is the hope. And, and certainly I think that it's helpful to have conversations with the right people, healthy people who can help you process through that so that we can walk towards healing. We are forgiven, but there's still also a process of moving towards healing in our lives and, and dealing with hard things in our past. And all of us are gonna have to deal with, you know, consequences of choices we've made, dealing with hard things from our past. And certainly God has given us hope in that. And so I, I, certainly am grateful for the forgiveness for all of us, for me, for all the sins that I have, and for all of us in this room. Yeah, and we recently had a conversation with Pat Layton on our podcast who wrote um, the Bible study, Surrendering the Secret, and that is a great resource if you are looking for a resource to help equip you to have conversations like this to point women to the grace of God and the healing that's there. 
Um, so we often talk about mothers needing help, but what, let's talk about how this affects, Kelly alluded to it, let's talk about how this affects the whole family, because it's not just the dads either, it's grandparents, aunts, uncles, church family, like how does that, what are some things that we can do to help yeah, everybody involved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of thinking about the direct effects to the parents, uh, in the research it said that 88% of, so thinking about the the father, the man in the picture, 88% admitted to feeling grief and sadness after an abortion. One in four men experienced PTSD-like symptoms within 15 years of being post-abortive. And men often also uh, said that they felt regret, anger, anxiety, and guilt. And so this does affect men. And we also, we know that it affects women. So all of these are going to be similar. But women reported physical and emotional trauma after an abortion They're more likely to have health complications around fertility and childbearing. There's a much higher suicide rate, a much higher depression rate among women who have had an abortion. And and certainly for for a man and a woman walking through an abortion and having to experience all that, that is also going to have secondary effects for those in their lives and their families. And and family members that know about an abortion are also going to feel some of those same things too. And so... um, kind of going back to the hope that we have in the forgiveness of the gospel, I think that that is the message that we get to bring to anyone that is walking in in these things, in the guilt or the anxiety or the regret, is that we have a God who loves us and is there for us. He sees us. He sees us in our pain. He sees us in the dark days and in the dark moments. And He's not afraid of for us to cry out to him in our pain and in our sorrow. And he's there through his Holy Spirit to comfort us. And, and so we can rely on that. And as a church, I think it's really important for us to know and understand some of this. And I think, you know, there's a bit of a move towards being trauma-informed in our churches, which I think is a really good thing. Because um, families, a lot of families are experienced trauma, whether it's from being post-abortive or not. There's circumstances in life. And so knowing um, how we were created, that God did create us as embodied people. And so the experiences that we walk through with our bodies, the experiences we walk through spiritually and emotionally, all of those affect us. And so as we understand how trauma affects our bodies and that God created us with bodies, we can then know how to respond well as believers with grace and with love and helping each other in our relationship with the Lord and in in these struggles and walking towards hope and walking towards healing, um, which we know is in Christ. And so um, that, yeah, I think there's a myriad of consequences when an abortion happens that will reverberate through a family and and I've I've also seen on the other hand when family I have a friend who faced an unplanned pregnancy and the the dad was not in the picture and so she was kind of walking in this alone and she was worried about how her family was going to respond and she really thought because her family was very involved in the church that they might kind of shun her and reject her but after the initial surprise and having to process through it it was a really beautiful thing to see that when when that friend chose life for her baby, her family really wrapped around her and fell in love with the baby and 
the, the grandma now babysits all the time. And, you know, there's just this really beautiful thing of this family weaving together around this life in a unique way. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing that is a hopeful message that, yes, yeah, it was hard. I mean, she was scared about how her family was going to react and scared about all of these things, but um, God worked in it. And, and that family now is just a beautifully knit together family of support system for her. And so it's, you know, on one hand, it can be very um, hard for families to walk a choice of abortion. It's also can be a really beautiful thing to walk in life together. Yeah, I love that testimony. I think that speaks to the practical needs as well, um, because definitely our highest need is Jesus and grace. Um, and that's true for everybody, like you said, so beautifully. But also just, like you said, financial needs, like somebody to come and pick up the kid from school. And like all those things are in the mother's mind. And so to to demonstrate, hey, we're willing to step in this gap for you. We're willing to help you out in this way is such a beautiful opportunity for the church, I think. Yeah. And some other answers that that we know of or like adoption. You're, that's really close to your heart. You have an adopted little girl in foster care. Um, I think it'd be interesting, even in our audience, how many of you either have um, adoption as part of your story or foster care or someone in your family? I, would you just like... See, like a okay, lot. For, for the audio, that yes, is like for audio. probably two-thirds, would you say, at yeah, least? Yeah, that's a at lot. Least two-thirds. And so, I, I mean, that's a, an incredible testimony of just the families who have been part of that. But I think even you might be sitting there and you're like, I just don't feel called to that. I, that's not part of my story. But in the church, there are ways to come along and support families that are fostering or adopting. And so let's give some practical ways that they can come along beside their church. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things you can do to help support foster and adoptive families, even if you're not directly becoming a foster and adoptive parent. So in foster care, the turnover rate for a foster parent every year is about 30 to 50% turnover every year with foster parents um, burning out and, and needing a break. And so certainly that is hard and holy work and absolutely worth it. And so for families that you know in your church community or around you that are fostering, um, and I've had uh, multiple of my siblings have, so my sister was a foster parent, my brother was a foster parent, and, and so I've, you know, gotten to see just firsthand what that's like to walk through foster care as a family. And fam- the families just need extra support. And so I think practically speaking, it can be offering, you know, a night of babysitting so that the parents can get a date night or, you know, helping with respite care. You can sign up to become uh, able to do respite care for foster parents and you can just help them uh, for a couple days or longer. It could be bringing a meal to them so that they're, the, that's one less thing the mom is having to worry about is getting the meal on the table at night. You know, all of those things will go a long way to just let them know they're not alone. I think it can feel very lonely because foster parents are walking through very unique experiences. It involves having social workers in your home and it involves having um, possibly relationship with a birth parent or a biological parent, which can be an interesting thing to navigate. It can also mean going to court and having to wait on court dates and lots of uncertainty. And so foster parents are walking through all these things and sometimes there's not a lot of people in their lives who even understand what that's like or know the lingo or know what it means, what a court case is happening. So to have people in the church wrapping around them in all of these ways communicates that they're not alone. 
Yeah, some parts might feel lonely, but they're not alone. They have support. And that has gone a long way for helping foster parents be able to remain foster parents as, as long as they intend to and feel called to it. So that's, that's one way to do it. Um, and then as far as adoption and adoption support, uh, certainly some of those same things. Um, even for parents that are adopting out of foster care or adopting older kids, throwing a baby shower, even if it's not a baby, you can still just show ways that you're loving them and kind of giving them the things that they need to give that kiddo a permanent home in their house and helping with the financial aspect of adoption. Through DHS, an adoption is doesn't have any fees, but if it is an adoption through an agency or a, it's a private adoption or an international adoption, then it will have lots of fees that go along with that. And so you can help support financially. Finding a way to support that adoption is also a really helpful way to just, again, practically step in and care for the families that are doing that orphan care. Because we, we are all called to caring for the widows and orphans. We see that in James 1.27. We're called to that. And like I said, that doesn't mean that we're all going to be adoptive or foster parents, but it does mean we each have a part to play in that. And so it's listening to Holy Spirit. And maybe it even means like you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone for something. And I think that's Often, the way God convicts us is it's things that are outside of our comfort zone. And he's going to use that because in when we're out of our comfort zone, we're usually a bit more reliant on Jesus and praying a bit more to him through that. And that is a good thing. I've certainly seen in my life when I've gone through my hardest circumstances and hardest losses and grief, the Lord has met me in that in ways that he wouldn't have had I not been in that darkness and seen the goodness of his light shining brighter than unless I had been in that dark spot. And so the Lord will use those challenging circumstances, stepping outside of the comfort zone for your good and to serve his kingdom and for his glory. And so um, think about the ways you can do that in your own church, in your own community, and certainly it'll be a huge blessing to the family members you can serve. Yeah, and I think um, I think we talked about this on the podcast. It's been a while, but I saw I think on Instagram somebody had was going through something in their home, and they had a friend that just texted them and said, "I will do one of the following," and they gave her a list of things to choose from. And so it was like, "Do you want me to go to Target for you? Do you want me to bring you a meal? Do you want me to stay home while you go to Target?" <laughs> like that kind of thing. And so it's kind of like a choose your own adventure, but it it helped with both giving her options in case she was like, no, I really would rather go to Target and you stay at home versus, but also didn't just like, let me know if you need any help. Cause I feel like sometimes that's hard for the person to answer if they're. Yes. No, it can be, I mean, probably all of you know this, it can be hard to ask for help and to to even know what specifically to think of. So be proactive. I love the list idea. That's a great idea. I thought it was was a great idea. Yeah. And um, I also wanted to add a foster mom in my church said she, she listed two things that I had never heard before. So I just thought I would point these out in case you want to add those to your list that you text someone. She said, um, I need attic space because she was like, I've been given so many gifts from people for different foster kids, but they're not... Um, like it's a bike or something. And I don't, I have an infant right now. She can't ride the bike, but I want to, I don't want to get rid of it, but I don't have a garage or I don't have an attic to store like the extra clothes or things like that. Um, but I do need to keep those. And so she said that and just come pick up laundry off my porch and do it and then bring it back. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I, like I that love one. the That's practicality <laughs> of those two things. Yeah. So I think it's just a good, um, 
reminder that it can be very little, like to offer your garage space, if you already have a garage, it's not a major life change for you. You know, it's just something very simple, but would be a huge uh, burden lifted from her life of like, what do I do with all this stuff that I now have that has been so generously given, but I just don't have anywhere to store it. So um, those are just some other practical ideas for sure. Okay, so what are some helpful resources that can help leaders? We're at a leadership conference, but leaders, as they minister to others who navigate crisis pregnancies, what are some resources? Yeah, so, and I should have mentioned this in the last one, but prayer. I mean, definitely be praying for this issue, the life issue, your pregnancy centers near you, people that are uh, participating in adoption and foster care. Prayer certainly is, is not something that we just should be saying, oh yeah, that's a good, like it really... It really matters. Um, as far as resources, though, I'll mention a few. There's like, there's so many great resources out there. And in my organization, Stand for Life, I get to, my, my work is really partnering with other organizations and helping to bring the great resources that already exist and help connect them with the churches and say, hey, church, like, you want to do a discipleship group? Perfect. Here's this great group that's already doing that. And so I get to work like every day with, you know, pro-life organizations across the country. And it's just, it's such a joy that I get to do that. But Embrace Grace, I would say Embrace Grace is a great organization that provide, they're in all 50 states and they have these support groups for women, uh, discipleship groups for women that are facing an unplanned pregnancy. And the pregnancy center will give them a gift. And that gift then says like, hey, if you want, uh, some support, if you want someone to walk alongside this with you, here's a church in your local vicinity who has a group that wants to love on you. And they'll go through a discipleship program with someone in the church and a group of women in the church. And then they, at the end of it, they throw them a baby shower and then they continue to walk with them along after birth. So it's just a beautiful program of connecting women that are coming into the doors of pregnancy centers with the local church. So Embrace Grace is a great resource Um, The Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission also has a lot of resources on their website. You can look under the topics that they have and you can kind of see the resources they have. And if you're just wanting to kind of look around and see what's out there, they have great resources, um, which would include pointing to abortion healing um, resources. We've mentioned Surrendering the Secret, which again, is just a beautiful resource that I think is so valuable and so important for our churches to be offering abortion healing because uh, the statistics we mentioned earlier, we, we want women to be finding freedom and healing. And so this is a helpful process with this curriculum to walk into that. So that's a great resource. And um, and then also I'm, I'm hosting a pro-life conference. So if you're looking to go to a pro-life conference with great speakers like David Platt and Lecrae is going to do a concert and Shane Shane will be there and uh, David Platt, it'll be a lot of fun January 18th and 19th in Washington, D.C. if you happen to be out there and that's for Stand for Life. So Uh, there's so many more I could mention, but those are just a few of the great resources that are available for engaging as a church in the pro-life issue and wanting to do that in a way that holistically applies our understanding of the Imago Dei, meaning image of God. We're made in the image of God, each and every person, no matter how small. And so how can we as a church live out that doctrine well and in doing so point to the love and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful opportunity for the church right now to do that. And so I'm excited to see what the Lord does through that. 
Thank you so much, Lauren. And just to reiterate what she said, you can go to um, ERLC.com and there's a lot of resources there. Surrendering the Secret is a study that is for post-abortive um, women that maybe want to like find healing even in a group setting. And you can go to LifeWay.com and even look at that resource as, as a possibility. Um, but Lauren, I do want us just to end we don't always pray at the end of a podcast, but we felt like this particular one is a good one because we don't know of the women who might be listening to this when this comes out or even in the future, they might find this podcast. And we want them to know that God loves them and has a plan for their life. And so I would love for you just to to lead us in a prayer. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pray. God, we, we come before you and oh, God just... Thank you for the gift of um, your teaching in Genesis 1 that you have created us all in your image. And the gift that that is to us, just in knowing our identity, is not in anything that we accomplish or things of this world. Our identity is set from the beginning, and it's because we're made in your image. And so our identity is that we are a creation of yours and that you know us, you see us, you love us. And nothing can take away our value and our dignity. That's a beautiful gift. God, thank you for that. I, God, I pray for the church in America right now that we would be a people who live that out well, that we might point people to you, showing them the love of Christ and the hope in the gospel. And God, forgive us for the ways that we haven't done this well. God, certainly the church and believers, myself, we've not done this perfectly. We're a fallen people and we do not always uphold understanding the human dignity of all people. We do not always hold that up well. God, I pray that you would forgive us of that and, and give us through your Holy Spirit the strength to, to, to lead well in doing that better. And, and God, that we would be willing to step into the hard, to step into the challenging, um, the broken circumstances, to love on others and point them to the light, which is your son, your son came into this world in a dark world and brought light that we might know you and have a personal relationship with you. And God, for women who maybe have an abortion in their past and, and are still wrestling with that, God, I pray that you would give them healing, that you would comfort them, that you would um, just, Lord, wrap your arms around them and help them to see and believe in the goodness that you have for them in what you've done on the cross. And God, we all thank you for the forgiveness that you've offered all of us, that we all needed, God, we desperately needed. God, we love you for um, just the goodness that you have in your character and loving us well. We pray that we would go out and love others well in turn. So Lord, we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks um, for being a part of the podcast. Our session tonight is really on moving forward with hope. And I think that you have helped us think through what that looks like and even through Operation Christmas Child, the hope that we see for those children. And so why don't y'all give Lauren a hand tonight and thank her. And thank you listeners for joining us this week for the podcast. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. 
All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for Teen Girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.